What's up everyone? Today we are continuing our discussion about the, uh, the daily habit of exercise and we want to talk about why so many people get mediocre results when they don't build a balanced foundation. This is something that took us decades to work out. It is not something that most people are teaching. Good morning everybody. It's a lovely Tuesday, rainy, wet, cold morning. It's almost like winter again here in Sydney, Australia. I hope it's uh, nice and sunny wherever you are in the world. Uh, we are going deeper into the health hierarchy, step two, how to build a healthy exercise habit. Today we're gonna be talking about the concept of a balanced approach. Before we get started, I want to get the question of the day out. Do you stretch and strength train in the same workout? Yes or no? And why? Why yes or why no? We'd love to know in the comments below. Uh, big shout out to everyone listening on the podcast. You can answer in the comments. Big shout out to everybody on YouTube. You too can give us an answer in the comments. Uh, most importantly, we'd like to welcome everyone on the live stream who's tuning in from the UMS Movement Mastermind private Facebook group. For those of you on the podcast or on YouTube, you can jump over there and join that group. Join a like-minded collective mastermind of people striving to better their health and performance. What's up, Richie? What's up, Rad? Yeah, ready Feeling for action. Good. Ready for action as well. <laughs> Feeling good. Ready for action, yeah. That is fantastic. So this, uh, this conversation is, uh, an, is an important conversation because it's, um, it's something that took us a long time to discover. And, you know, uh, Rad and I both, it's, it's actually interesting because we've been working with a marketing expert in the US of A who's helping us uh, to communicate our message via email better and one of the exercises we've been doing for the last three weeks we have a, a two-hour meeting each week is he's extracting our stories out of us to help uh, put together a, a a new email sequence and uh, it's been really interesting to reflect on our journey and how we came to realize that there was a lot of benefit in having a good balance of strength flexibility and fitness because we all came from a place of uh, specialization and you know it's it's interesting because the the health and fitness industry as a whole seems to have um, polarized you know I don't know you guys I'm surely you've all noticed that the health and fitness industry is polarized into three competing ideological groups you know we either have strong people flexible people and fit people we don't have uh, a lot of middle ground you know and uh, I think um, I'm going to use CrossFit as a good example because the CrossFit Games have just finished and it was epic again. Uh, big shout out to uh, Tia um, Claire Toomey for winning from Australia again for the fourth year in a row. She won. Didn't she, she won again. Yeah, absolute weapon of a chick. And, and uh, it was CrossFit. It was yeah, the yeah. CrossFit yeah, Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reebok CrossFit Games. Reebok. Uh, I thought. There was no more Reebok CrossFit. Well, they, they must have had one last deal to do. I don't know, because that was all over the branding. Mm. Uh, there you go. So big shout out to Tia Claire, absolute weapon representing Australia. Um, and uh, Matt, um, what's his surname? Matt, uh, he's the five times CrossFit 
um, man. Anyway, the reason why I bring CrossFit up is because they got very close with uh, combining strength and fitness. The CrossFit athletes are very, very well-rounded in strength and fitness, but they're not very, they're not a very flexible bunch of people. And uh, they do tend to hurt themselves a lot uh, just through the sheer amount of volume that they train. And I believe because they're not um, spending much time uh, improving their flexibility and mobility. So, um, you know, Rad and I sort of came together uh, with both very, very um, different backgrounds. He was a lot more into his calisthenics and a lot more into his martial arts, which had created a bit more of a foundation of, of, of flexibility. And I was a, a bodybuilder, then turned sort of got into, I guess, powerlifting style of training. I got very um, heavily into strength training and... Uh, I was the complete opposite. I was very strong, but very stiff and, uh, and quite dysfunctional in, uh, towards the end, you know. And uh, then we sort of came together and it was quite a shock um, to see that there was sort of skills that uh, Rad, and, and he can share this story because I'm sure it was um, quite, Im it was definitely very impressionable on him. What my uh, uh, um, experience was that after he came out of the military, I had been working very hard on developing the, the, the barbell back squat. It was the, the uh, I guess, my Achilles heel. I wasn't very good at it and I wasn't very comfortable at it and I kept hurting myself doing it, the, um, um, back squatting and deadlifting. And uh, little did I know that it was due to compromised flexibility and mobility that, that I really struggled to hit the, um, the uh, good form in both of those movements. And after Rad came back from the military and he had done like zero barbell, heavy barbell work, Within about three weeks, he had caught up with my barbell back squat, which was about 160 kilos at the time or something like that. And then he overtook me quite quickly. And it was embarrassing. You know, I'd been working on this uh, strength skill for a number of years uh, without him doing it. And he had been, uh, you know, working on different areas of health and fitness. And he was able to do it. And he was able to do it very, very quickly and even surpass my skill level uh, because of his flexibility and mobility. And uh, why don't you share? Well, same with Olympic weightlifting. I'd never done Olympic weightlifting before and you showed me how to do it. <clears throat> and within, I think it was, I think it took me about six weeks to do a body weight snatch. Um, and at the time we weighed about, we've always weighed about the same. Um, I think you weigh about five kilos more than me now, but we've always been pretty close. And you couldn't, I remember you couldn't get past 60 kilos. Uh, and I did body weight at 85. And it was no, I wouldn't have won any, um, technique competitions like but i did it with barefoot shoes on you know i didn't yeah. even do it with lifters and i did it i got i did and, a we, snatch. and we were doing it in a gym that didn't allow us to do it so we had to put the bar down yeah gently. we had to place the bar down we had to do it on the like yoga mats yeah oh, it was but yeah so that was the other thing that i um achieved and yeah it was it was it was weird for me because it, it didn't feel hard to to do to do that stuff and i remember when i got to the point where i saw you struggling under the bar and i wasn't and i didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand it. But the flip side of that story, which you obviously haven't told, is that I uh, I was never interested in weightlifting. I never. Uh, I always perceived weightlifting as a buffed thing that was done for aesthetics only. That was just my perception of it. It was a, um, you know, when back in the in the nineties and the new millennium. Um, if whatever I saw of a weightlifter was usually like bodybuilders, you know, and it was all about the way that they looked and. And, you know, I was um, brainwashed 
not I'm not saying in a bad way, but I was brainwashed by my martial arts teacher around this idea that, you know, don't waste your time training to look good. Focus on training that's going to deliver a, a result. And if yep. you want to do Kung Fu, then, you know, there's a there's an element of strength that you need to have, but you don't care about what your muscles look like. You, you, you train so that you can punch hard and kick hard and move well. And um, so, so when I was in the army, I decided that I wanted to start learning a bit of calisthenics and the benchmark for me was the muscle up. I just, I looked at a muscle up, I couldn't do it to save my life, wasn't even very good at pull ups. So I was like, all right, I wanna learn how to do a muscle up. And whilst I was in the army, I, I connected with a friend of mine that could already do them, that was good. And I asked him for some advice and he told me to go and look at some YouTube. He basically said to me, find some YouTube videos that you think are good, send them to me and I'll tell you if they're good. And yep. I did, and he, sent, he said, yeah, that's a good video, do that. And so I followed these YouTube videos and it took me, I, I, I think it took me somewhere about nine months to 10 months to do the real kipping bar muscle up. So this is a CrossFit style kip where you do the full on CrossFit kip for a pull up and then you pull your hips up to the bar and go over it. So it's a it's a movement, you know, but it is certainly not a, a strength movement. It's a yeah. movement movement, but it's a way to be able to do a muscle up when you don't have the strength for it. it. Took me about nine or 10 months, nine months to a year to do it. And then I started trying to learn how to do a strict muscle up on gymnastics rings and that took me another, I don't know how long. And I came back, showed you how to do a, a gymnastics ring muscle up and I thought I was all that because I could do one. And in the same workout that I showed you how to do it, and you were like asking me, oh, how do you do this? How do you, it took you about two or three sets to get one. Uh, and then the third and fourth set, you did four or five reps. And again, for the same reason that you didn't know how I could out squat you, I just couldn't understand. I couldn't understand. And, and not only could you do three or four reps in a set, I couldn't even do one rep for more than about three sets. That was it, that was yeah. it, that's all I had. Um, and it was both for both of us we were both had a really it was a crushing time on our ego and there was i remember there was a period of about 12 months really at least six to 12 months where when we trained together we were both really quite down when we were each outperforming each other on those certain things. So it was any upper body calisthenics movement, Yanni outperformed me by a country mile and any lower body strength movement, I outperformed Yanni. And I don't even know how long it was before we actually realized why it was happening. Um, I definitely know, I know that you came to the realization that it was a lack of flexibility that was why I could outperform you for the lower body, but it took me longer to accept that it was a lack of strength that was why you were outperforming well, it was me in for, It was easy for me to, um, to understand because our, all of the strength and conditioning I had done uh, working with people like Charles Poliquin, the late Charles Poliquin in his PICP certifications and Tony Bataji in his um, Bataji Fitness Institute strength and conditioning certifications. It was all, um, all of the assessment protocols that we were taught from both those guys were based around this, the squat was used as a, an assessment uh, mechanism. Mm -hmm. And then you had all these confirmation tests and it was all really like, if you can't achieve this level of flexibility, you're gonna struggle and you shouldn't be squatting. You should be, you know, um, in, in, in rehab or whatever. And uh, we, and that, and that, that the, the, us coming back together and Rad coming out of the army, that provided like the first turning point, the, per, the first epiphany you could call it, mm -hmm. where we thought, okay, so if 
um, to, and and the, it, the the epiphany was more about how strength affects calisthenics. Like building a real foundation of strength is going to provide much better platform for calisthenics. And then you know obviously the flexibility thing was a bit uh, of a, an eye opener. The second real epiphany was when we worked with Ian King uh, from the King uh, International um, uh, Certification or Institute, and uh, he you know, said something in front of a bunch of other elite level strength coaches or personal trainers that really, really messed with my ego, which was after I'd had a soccer injury where I dislocated my knee from a tackle. And he sort of said, well, maybe if you were a little bit more flexible, that wouldn't have happened. And I just thought, what an idiot. Uh, but it became very apparent after that, that I had quite compromised flexibility, especially in my lower extremities. And, and, um, and there was a couple of, you know, moments after that where we started to really realize that we needed to focus more on flexibility because we were still at that point focusing too much on strength and not enough on flexibility in our routines in our training and and this and the second and the deal closer for me was that after that uh, uh knee reconstruction i had a year where i couldn't lift under the strict guidance of my my surgeon i couldn't lift heavy anymore and it provided a lot of t free time for me to go all right well i'm going to work on my flexibility I, pr I probably wouldn't have done it i was so full of ego at the time when ian king told me that i should be prioritizing flexibility i still thought he was a dick despite the fact that he had uh, you know coached most australian gold medalists and and had about 50 years experience over me i still my ego was like, no, nah, he's wrong, I'm right, you know. And uh, and then I just thought, all right, I've got nothing to lose and I've got a lot of free time, I'm going to stretch a bit more. And then there was a moment after that where we were we were doing some photos for the gym and and I had achieved, you know, for the very first time, a, a, a full range barbell back squat, unrestricted, making myself more flexible, getting closer to being able to do things like the pancake, things like the front splits, uh, middle splits, um, I didn't. I just didn't realize how much it was going to open up the squat. And now all of a sudden I could use the stretch shortening cycle in my lower extremities, meaning that I could use the full range of motion in my body that helps bounce you out of the bottom end of a squat, use the elasticity of the muscles. Um, and also your body is not fighting itself. So there's no longer an effort to posture up in the squat. So you're not wasting energy on your posture, you're just worrying about squatting. And that is a really liberating feeling. And we had a, I had a moment where I was demonstrating a 180 kilo back squat and I, and I could just sit at the bottom range to wait for a photographer to take photos of us for our gym. And, uh, and I was like, holy crap, this is actually now the most comfortable position at the bottom, you know? Like mm -hmm. who, who else finds it the most comfortable sitting at the bottom of a squat? Very few people, unless you're flexible, you know? And that's when I realized, wow, I'm a lot stronger now because I'm flexible. Mm -hmm. And now lifting the heaviest weights I can lift has become easier. And that's when it really was like, okay, this we're onto something with this, ba this notion of balance, balanced training. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't for another however long that we got it right, being able to combine the two in a workout you know, um, why don't you share a little bit about that story? Because we explored so many different ways Well, I'm going to take full it. credit for this one um, because <laughs> I, I pay you full credit for the things that you do in this gym, like the amazing layout and the systemization and the structure of our just, just workouts you, and everything. Just before you go on this rant, um, we, uh, I'd love to welcome uh, Jerka Rajme to the stream for the very first time. Yeah, welcome, She's Jerka. never been on the live podcast before. Uh, morning. 
morning, Scott West. Morning, Lee Clements. And Andy Lawson ha- is uh, saying that we uh, he's catching us at a better time. You're all in the UK, I believe. Is that right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, anyway, continue. yeah. Look, so um, you know, I started doing all this stretching uh, about five years ago. I wasn't. I, w- I was flexible enough that I could. But um, I was flexible enough that I could do what Yanni just said there which really came from all the years of kung fu i did because if you do if you watch wushu one of the biggest things that really develops um is mobility through your joints because of the way you do the low stances so i did that for you know 12 13 years i wasn't that flexible i couldn't i still couldn't come close to the splits or anything like that but but my ankle joints and my hip joint could get me down deep because of all the stances you do you know are you with me what I'm saying in Wushu so if anybody doesn't know what Wushu is go and look at a Jet Li movie or just Google um, Wushu on YouTube Um, and you can see how low they go so and those you'll look at the some ridiculously flexible people if you Google it you'll see guys that are on another level compared to me but it was enough that for a squat man like I was on another level compared to the average person and when we used to go to those workshops like Ian King or Tony Bataji 30 people in a room and I had the best squat by a country mile uh, but my flexibility wasn't great. I wasn't. I definitely couldn't do the splits or a pancake or anything like that. Any of the things that you need to do for calisthenics. So I started this journey of getting more flexible, and 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 the the hard part was finding the time to be able to do strength training and flexibility training. And we followed some methods from you know we did what you really should do. I'm saying this now very openly. If you don't know how to do this yet, you should work with a coach that knows how to do it better than you can. There's only so much that you can achieve from watching YouTube videos. But we, you know, I employed the help of some coaches, some people that knew better than me um, in calisthenics and flexibility. And I tried to put it all together, but n- no one was teaching you how to do it in the same workout. No, no one was, there were, there were flexibility coaches that taught you how to do flexibility training and there were people that taught you how to do strength training and even the people that taught both, they didn't teach you how to do it in the same workout. They taught you how to do these separate things, you know? So the general thing was either do a strength workout, it, at one part of the day and then a flexibility workout at another part or do all your strength training first and then do your flexibility training after. And, that, and that's what we did. That's what we while. did. We did yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um, we did at least six months where we did <coughs> twice a day. So we did strength training in the morning for about an hour and a half and we had a break for about three hours, four hours, tried to work, got nothing done, uh, nothing tangible anyway because we were just too tired. And uh, then we did flexibility training in the afternoon and skill training as well. Um, and that is a really good way of training if you don't care about achieving much else in your life except being really, really good at training. Um, and maybe there's people out there that do it. Maybe they do. For us who run a business, who had to get here early in the morning, who have kids who are trying to drive a business forward, who aren't just concerned about turning the wheels over, didn't work. Yeah. We just didn't get anything done. So we tried doing what the, the then next most common way of doing things are that we could find which is you do it all in one session where you do your strength training first and your flexibility training second and I think this is what most people try to do and why most people never get flexible because guess what happens you're too exhausted to do your flexibility training after you've done your strength yeah, training this is what I want to drill down because on, on uh, f- uh, Friday Thursday or Friday we're going to go deep into the exact makeup of what we do in our workouts so I don't want to give I, I don't want to um, spend too well, much time well I'll just today. frame it then on how we got onto it but then, because we want to talk so we, if, we, if we bring it back you know why people get mediocre results when they don't build a balanced foundation what i'm talking about right now is really important with this because if you if you don't have a balanced foundation a balance in your workouts in the workout not i'm going to do all of this first and then i'll do all of this second because that's not a balance 
that's uh, I'm prioritizing all of this and then if I've got time I'll do that and in our experience that doesn't work you end up the thing that you don't prioritize and if you listen to the word prioritize prior to if you whatever you do prior to the other thing the other thing is not going to get as much attention that's right and that's what's important and that's what we need to drill down on because we did try it we tried it with clients we we've spoken to many other people who do it and uh, there's there's a bunch of reasons why flexibility goes second. One is that you do need to be warmed up. Uh, There's also benefit to fatiguing the central nervous system prior to flexibility training. So, you know, if you, if you do a big workout and the nerves are, uh, are fatigued, it'll tend to um, delay the, the restriction or the inhibitor response in the muscles uh, a little bit so that you get a bit of benefit there. And so flexibility, whether you like it or not, tends to always get put, pushed after strength training or after fitness training. And uh, as a result, it's the first thing that goes if you're time poor, if you're time limited or energy um, limited, you know. so. This is certainly what we experienced. We started very, very productively and very motivated. And within about six months, we started to notice that we were dropping the flexibility sessions or the flexibility parts of our workout. And we experimented with splitting it into two entirely different workouts. I even did a period of my cardio first thing in the morning, uh, going for a run, then my strength training mid-morning, and then my flexibility training at about two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, so doing three workouts a day and uh, the, 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 the result for me was that I was exhausted constantly and when you're exhausted constantly you're not thinking very well and when you're trying to run three different businesses it just falls apart and so I very quickly uh, found that I just wasn't getting anything done I wasn't productive enough and I was arguing with Rad and Richard a lot about, about the fact that we weren't productive and our business wasn't driving forward. Our, our physical capabilities were, but it was just such a, a, a um, not narcissistic, but what was it? Well, that wasn't, so forget about balanced with training. That wasn't balanced with life. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's that, what that I'm was, looking That was for. an unbalanced All life. we were doing was training, you know. And, and in my perception, what I've noticed in my 25 years of pursuing movement. So what I mean by that is I'm 42. When I was 17, I started martial arts properly. Everything I did before that, I was just doing it as a hobby. And I was, was, a lot of them were obsessive hobbies, like rollerblading was an obsessive hobby of mine for however long. But I mean, working with a coach, really getting into it, started at 17. My experience with, there's like two kinds of people. There's people that are really, really successful with their business, but they suck with their body. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where there's these people that are these masters of movement, but God, they have not achieved financial success or financial freedom or that balance between the two. So even when we talk about getting the foundations right with a balanced workout, what we're talking about here is that that we were having to find a way to balance a way where the workouts that we were doing weren't pulling us away from being able to be good at everything else in life. Yeah, that's and that exactly was important right. for us. We d- Yanni and me didn't want to just be, and it was especially Yanni was really acutely aware that we couldn't just be these, because there are, there are so many, when you went from a coach's perspective, you don't understand how many coaches are out there that are absolutely phenomenal at what they do better than we are, but they're not 
very financially free and yeah. we have we have a very or time free yeah or time free and we have a we have we are very aware of where that leads because we've got family members you know that have achieved great um, success in their art their chosen field but you know not financial success and that's not great later on in life yeah that's exactly right let's dive into some of the we've got some really really great feedback and insight coming in from everyone uh, welcome clay Welcome, Scott West. Um, Andy Lawson saying, I was same from martial arts background, but was always lacking in true strength. Only started trying to implement barbell training after 17 years of martial arts, but didn't combine the workouts. Figured it'd be good to combine them, but needed you guys to show me the most efficient way, which is awesome. And we are going to go into that deep in uh, in a later show this week uh, as part of this series. And the, the further the further that, I, that we get down this road, the more that we hear what other people are doing, the more I look at what other people are doing the the more and the more we realize the results that our members are getting and the way that those results on instagram and facebook are starting to get the attention of world-class coaches that are starting to comment on our stuff and pay attention the more i'm realizing that what we're doing is not the norm no what we are what we are doing but it's not just that it breaks the rules it's that we've found a way to produce the, the the results in our members in one hour workouts yeah it, because there's, a, there's coaches out there that are producing results that are better than yours and mine, you know, but not when they're members, not yeah. in a one-hour workout. Not consistently. Not consistently. Yeah. Every once in a while you get a, a client who's an outlier who puts in the work to the most extreme level. For whatever reason, they're either financially ready for it or their time, they, they don't have Maybe they train for families. two hours a day. Yeah, you know, and they yeah. train twice a day yeah. or a few hours yeah, a day. Yeah. And, and that happens and sometimes, but we're getting it in our members in all of them that turn up to the gym for an yeah. hour a day. And very few of them are actually personal trainers or, you know, you get but a lot of people who, of who I know who train with Edo and get really good results and they train twice a day, but they're personal trainers. Yep. That's, that, yeah. that's, that's their, their livelihood. Career. That's, that's their, their career. They, yeah. They're willing to put that amount of work in or they're professional. You know, a lot of my friends who are strength coaches produce pretty good results with people with, with, with professional athletes as their clients. Mm-hmm. But those people are paid to train, you know, yeah. they're, that, they're, yeah. and they're generally, they, they, have, they can prioritize a lot more time for it. But, mm-hmm. you know, to produce results in general populations for people who are sitting in a, uh, at a desk for the rest of the day, and they only do it for one hour a day, and the results that we get are, I believe, superior to anything I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee Clements is saying, I love the UMS foundations for this reason, strength and flexibility together. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's the secret sauce, Lee, and uh, you're a, uh, you're a, uh, you know. Well, it's a not a, it's not only the foundations; it's the, the our whole it's UMS whole program, UMS but program. also our at-home workouts. Like we, yeah. we even this is one of the reasons why people loved our at-home workouts program that we created specifically for the COVID lockdown. We didn't realise they were going to be so popular. Uh, was that we just used the exact blueprint that we use in our UMS online coaching and at the gym here, and deployed that just with using no equipment, just using body weight, you know, and um, and they delivered. Of spectacular results. Yeah. The o- that was the only training that Rad did for that period uh, because he was just too knackered after that at-home workout, um, mm-hmm. demonstrating it live. And he gained muscle, he gained flexibility, he got, he still got, so got fit, all yeah. of the results that you, you'd usually get arguably even better results because it was very motivating being in front of the camera he pushed himself a little harder than he'd usually push and uh and he was very consistent you know well i wasn't very consistent i was 
hundred percent consistent. It was every every week, five days a week. Yeah. Um, Scott West is saying I find my pancakes so much better after a leg workout. Yeah, hundred percent. That's because of what Yanni said before, Scott. When you when your muscles are fatigued and then you stretch those same muscles, it's really really hard for the brain's inhibitors to prevent you from going deep. And you've got blood flowing through the the muscles as well, so the muscle fibers are really really ready to be uh, to be used. You yeah, know? and that's why in our workouts, and we'll talk about this uh, uh, on the Friday show. That's why in our workouts, we do a mobility session right at the end of the workout uh, where you do take your body into the end ranges of all of these movements because there is an opportunity there to make a gain uh, because of that, because you've got the inhibitors in the brain and central nervous system delayed because they're exhausted and fatigued. You've got the muscles really nice and warmed up and it's a really important aspect of a, a fully balanced workout to do that. Um, prep warm up mobility warm up then you do your, your strength and flexibility training and then you do your mobility cool down which uh, is a really really nice way to bring it all together yep uh, Lee Clements is saying did at home workouts opened eyes to your approach yeah that's, it, 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 it happened with a lot of people um, a, a lot of people came into our ecosystem to because of the at home workouts it was it was it was a rea- and, and and I'll be honest guys uh, we never intended to to, to, to deploy them or, or offer them to the public. Initially, it was a uh, a way that we could stay connected with our gym members, and we started the first couple live streaming to our Unity Gym uh, Tribe Facebook group. So it was the private Facebook group to the Unity Gym members, and then we sort of spoke to everyone and said, "Look." We would like to deploy this to the public because it may be an opportunity for us to cover some um, lost revenue because we did lose a lot of members through that period who weren't totally engaged. They were new. They only joined up at the start of the year to try the program and they didn't have as much of a connection to the program. And uh, everyone was totally cool with it. So we started live streaming to YouTube and then we um, decided to uh, package and sell the at-home workouts. And my God, they were popular. Mm. They did so well. And um, like you, Lee, a lot of people came into our ecosystem because of them. Yep. So, so look, that's all we got time for today, guys. We're gonna be going deeper into this, into the, uh, the, you know, the habit of daily exercise, the power of it and having balanced workouts. And tomorrow we'll talk more about how we actually deliver a balance between strength and flexibility. Tomorrow we're going to lift the curtains and show what it does to your performance in particular. Performance and health and injury risk mitigation. Now for those of you that have made it this far on the uh, podcast or the YouTube channel, if you want to get started with us, the best way that you can do it is to join our UMS online coaching program where we teach you everything that you need to know to deliver the most, the biggest bang for your buck, balanced workouts for strength and flexibility, to take you from absolute beginner to movement mastery. We teach you right up to calisthenic skills and uh, you know the big bang for your buck, weightlifting movements and awesome flexibility stuff. Uh, so go and check that out. And uh, you can work with Yanni and Richard and me in our inner circle where we provide specific coaching for all of our members, not just general shows like this. Um, and, and anyone who's doing the UMS at home, uh, a UMS online coaching, um, Chuck, uh, share your experience in the comments, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're listening to the podcast or whether you're on the Facebook yeah, Let group. everybody else know what you think about the program and what working with us on, on our inner circle is like. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow health is about performance not just body image you better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there we'll start focusing on movement goals strength goals flexibility goals when you nail that skill 
It's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's gonna get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.